And guys, we want to just thank all of those who have gone on to thrivinginthetrenches.com and have chosen to become supporters of the podcast. We truly do appreciate what you've done for us. There's a gift that each person has to be shared with the world in a, in a unique way that only they can share it. And you don't need a podcast and you don't need a platform to do that. That's in your home. That's in your family. That's at school, at college, like at your workplace. It, it's, it's everywhere. We are women encouraging and equipping women to universally and uniquely serve Christ in their feminine vocation. By embracing joy, laughter, freedom, and friendship, we are seeking to thrive in the trenches of our domestic churches. Welcome to Thriving in the Trenches podcast. This is Becky Carter. And this is Megan Schreiber. You're listening to episode number 51. And we're continuing our summer series of highlighting women that inspire us. And today's inspiring woman is Heather Kim. Heather is an established speaker and worship leader with over 20 years of experience. She attended Franciscan University of Steubenville, where she studied theology with a concentration in catechetics and met her husband, Jake, there. Currently, Heather speaks on a variety of topics, leads conferences, retreats, women's ministry, and has a new podcast called Abiding Together. Her passion is in evangelization, discipleship, and creating an environment for people to have a personal encounter with God. Heather, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here with you both. Well, Heather, we typically start off our podcast by having our guest share a little bit about themselves. So I am going to open up that familiar mic to you and ask you to do just that. Yeah, so I I uh, am from Vancouver, British Columbia, so I'm Canadian. And um, I love where I live. It is like so gorgeous. If people haven't been there, you need to come to Vancouver. Or maybe I shouldn't tell people that because <laughs> it's like a well-kept secret. I don't know. Um, but there's the ocean and the mountains and it's just a stunning place to live. And so I grew up in that area. Um, and I grew up Catholic and I'm the youngest of three kids. And yeah, after I graduated from high school, I kind of like through high school, you know, I had this experience of like going to a youth conference and um, before that I would go to church and it was boring and, you know, I would look around at everybody and seemingly they were all bored too. And um, so I found myself at this youth conference one year and I was baffled because everybody in the room was like really engaged with what was going on. And uh, the first year I was, you know, thinking, what is this? Like, what is happening? I've never seen young people engaged in their faith before. And so when I went back the next year, um, I was just a little more open and ended up having this profound encounter with God. And it radically changed the course of my life. So I kind of had this conversion experience uh, at a young age. I was only 14 years old. And I mean, by no means did I do everything perfectly. I for sure like tried to equal those experiences in the world, you know, and struggled back and forth for a few years until I finally made the decision like, okay, God, I am, I am in this with you. And, um, and I joined a ministry team, an evangelization team after high school, which is in the States in Washington state. And we traveled around and lived in community and, um, what was supposed to be one year turned into four years. <laughs> I traveled with them for two years and then was on staff for a couple of years. It's like one thing after another, I could just see, 
as I opened my heart to God, doors opened. You know, it was like I was just beginning to be led. I was starting to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and his promptings. And it seemed like everything started to build all my experiences on one another. So, you know, I started to be interested in playing the guitar, for example, you know, like everybody, I think <laughs> their first year of high school, somehow you have all this time on your hands and you want to learn the guitar. So I did just that. Um, but in the midst of that, like worship music started to really be an avenue where I could connect with God. And, and so when I finished my two years on the team, they, somebody on staff said, well, we need a worship leader, you know, on staff. And would you consider this? And I was like, what? I just taught myself how to play the guitar like six months ago. But I knew I had the heart for it. You know, it's like, it wasn't about the skill. It was about the heart. And so I prayed and I felt like that was the right thing. And so I accepted that position. And it seemed like I've always felt like not equipped properly um, for the job. And I was just talking to Michelle Bensinger, the other one of the other girls that I podcast with, my dear friend, this morning. And I was just saying, like, th- this is actually the best place that we're supposed to be is not feeling equipped for the job because it opens up wide our heart to receive God's strength and His grace and His blessing and um, His anointing because clearly... I don't have what it takes to pull this off, you know? Um, So being in shoes that felt too big for me was kind of a theme for a long, long time. So even when I went to Franciscan University, um, they were asking me to lead worship there for their big festivals of praise. And then uh, Jim Cowan at the time, who was leading conference worship, he asked me if I'd be on his team for for playing for the conferences. And I always was like, I am not equipped for this. (laughs) God, I need you. It just kept me really little, like in my heart. And um, it seems that that disposition uh, is something that I've learned is actually the place that I, I should be most comfortable is just recognizing my littleness. And so, um, yeah, at a young age, I just had this heart, this burning heart to evangelize and share the gospel in a way that it had been shared with me. It was passed on to me, you know, like through my parents, primarily my mother, um, who was very, you know, involved and in, in, had a dynamic faith life. And then, uh, yeah, other people who just witnessed that to me. So that kind of one thing built upon another and, you know, finished at Franciscan University, worked in a big parish in Denver and finally moved back to Vancouver in 2004 with my husband. And we have three kids and we started our own ministry called Life Restoration. So currently I feel like we have 18 jobs. That's what it always feels like. It's like all under the umbrella of our ministry, but it's everything from, you know, my husband working in seminary and formation. He does a men's retreat. I do a women's retreat. We do various, you know, um, journeying with people, accompaniment, um, speaking, worship, you know, serving in, in the diocese, trying to serve all our local parish, um, just trying to be available to what God is doing. And really at the heart of it is, you know, as you said at the beginning, leading people into an encounter with God. Um, but also helping them journey through their past, you know, and, and um, experiencing the healing of God so that they can be fully alive. And that's a big part of our ministry because it's what we lived. You know, Jake and I, that Jake is my husband, experienced so many difficulties, which was just a result of our brokenness, you know, things that happened to us or things we chose um, that wasn't God's intention for our life that we needed to be healed from. And uh, I realized you know, after many years that I didn't really, after being a faithful Catholic and doing all of these things, like I didn't really know that God could set me free 
from the things that have me bound on this side of heaven. Mm. And when that experience and truth came into my life, it it rocked us. Like it rocked us and then also sent us on this mission to to really, you know, help people understand that and experience that through personal journeying with them. So Wow. That's where we're at right now. And then the Jeez. podcast, you know, that's amazing. So, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> oh my gosh, like long-winded answer. I'm sorry. That was only question one. And no, I- <laughs> that's great. That's what <laughs> I love. I know. That's I what we like, want to hear. I'm so glad. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. No, that's no, I'm so good. Oh, look, you go, Megan. Okay. <laughs> that's just amazing. I mean, that's what we want to hear. We want to hear these, these journeys because there's so many people that can relate to this, whether they're in ministry or they're in something else. The big takeaway, two big takeaways that I heard you say that resonated with me were the first part when you were talking about this this perpetual feeling of un, being unqualified. And isn't that amazing, though? I think in some ways that's how the Lord keeps us walking in humility, that place where we have to lean on him. I mean, if if we felt that we were so qualified and we've got this, our natural disposition just as humans could be to not press into his goodness and not press into his presence in that. And so mm-hmm. that's such a grace. So I w- would love our listeners who are maybe in that place of feeling as if they're perpetually unqualified is to press into yeah, the no. Lord, you know, press into his goodness because he's there and it's that old saying, right, that we know uh, God doesn't call the equipped, he equips the called. So it's in that yes, mm-hmm. right, that he fills mm-hmm. us. So that was like one big takeaway. And then the, the second, the freedom piece, right? Because mm-hmm. to to know that that God wants to set us free, not, not just can, but that deep desire to always want to. And we're yeah. called to spread that good news to others, especially if we have been given that that incredible gift of freedom. I love hearing your story. I love this life restoration. I love the name of it too. You are so far from us in Vancouver. We're out in Philadelphia, but um, certainly no reason that we can't learn from you and see what you're doing. Yeah, I, I think you know, there's, there's multiple layers to, to understanding, like the first piece about our weakness, like, you know, that, that line where it's like, oh, happy fault Mm -hmm. that won for us so great a savior. We hear that at the Easter vigil. And, um, I've often thought about that in, in regards to my own weakness. Like there's a certain acceptance of our weakness and almost like you have to become friends with your weakness in a sense, because that is the place where you will encounter God. He is close to the brokenhearted. You know, he draws near to us in our brokenness. And and it is in that place where we realize, like, the more that we acknowledge our weakness and come to grips with it, that doesn't mean we don't work on it. It doesn't mean that we don't have to change some behaviors and, you know, work on some disciplines in our life. But that is precisely the place where we need a Savior, you know, and, and we have one. Like, that is the good news is that we have one. And and if I'm not acknowledging my weakness, I don't need him, right? I don't need him. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, there's something really beautiful about that theology uh, and the beauty of those teachings, but also the lived experience is becoming very beautiful. I used to just live with a lot of self-reliance. I think that's how most of us go, right? It's like we just want to avoid our weakness, so we just somewhere in there, we're not, we're not sure. It's like from the fall, you know, that same lie, God, are you holding out on me? Can I really trust you? Can I depend on you? And, and so we choose to just depend on ourselves. I lived that way for a long, long time. And of course I still fall into those areas, but 
it, it was really stripped away from me, you know, in the last decade of my journey with God, because it was that tying into the freedom piece. He didn't want me to live like that anymore. You know, he had a better life, a better way for me. Right. And and I think that's the story for most of us. You know? Right. Praise God. You know, and then it's like you, you hear that and you experience it. And this, the self-reliance piece is really critical because I think that I, that I definitely can relate to that. But our, our culture really tells us to relate to it. You know, our culture mm-hmm. says, you know, uh, you know, loving yourself and all everything is tends to be turning inward. And, and you know, you can overcome mm-hmm. anything you can overcome, you got to push through and, and all, while those things are positive and good, it does have that propensity to turn us into being our own God, you know, to be our, our own source of strength. And, and exactly. it never works. It never works. Exactly. It never works. Yeah, the piece that it's missing is only by the grace of God. Exactly. You know, yeah, That's you can right. push through only by, by the, the grace, grace of God. God. <laughs> exactly. You've got to put that tagline in uh, on the yes, back end. for sure. Well, I want to just chime in and, and give the one takeaway. I mean, there are many take- takeaways, but y'all have already been speaking of many of them. But I absolutely love that you had your encounter in the church. You know, there were so many stories that, uh, me included, uh, fall away from the church. And then we have Mm -hmm. this radical encounter with Christ in uh, a non-Catholic setting, which is, it was a beautiful grace. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that that was bad, but Mm -hmm. I just, Oh, I just love the sweetness that you had the encounter in the church. Because so many, I think so many cradle Catholics are, I've heard so many cradle Catholics talk about, oh, I'm so jealous of a convert or a revert because you had this great experience. And mm. it just saddens me a little bit that they've missed the the grace of never falling away. Um, so anyway, I just, I love that your story is encouraging and, and showing others that, you know, we can really encounter Christ. Our our children, our friends, our loved ones really can encounter Christ in a big way in oh, yeah. the church. Yeah. Oh yeah. You want to know something? I just <laughs> got back from a Steubenville uh, youth conference it, on campus, and I brought my 15 year old. And she's never been to a conference like that before. I mean, she's been to local events, but where we are, they're they're significantly smaller than that. I mean, there was like 2,000 teens there, right? Mm-hmm. It rocked her. Like, it just, mm-hmm. <laughs> that experience, like, rocked her. Like, and not in, like, just an emotional way, you know? There was something deep and profound that happened because when you have people who are authentically living the gospel and who are open to the Holy Spirit, there is bound to be an encounter because God wants to encounter us in every moment, whenever we open our heart, wherever we are. So God is the same, the same, the same, you know, in the Protestant church and that like he is the same. It's the same Holy Spirit. So there's no way that we should feel like we need to go elsewhere. You know, we just need to open our heart in a different way. It can happen in the quiet of your bedroom at night when there's nobody around, as well as at a huge conference where everyone's raising their hands and going crazy. You know, he doesn't need anything but an open heart to Mm. encounter us. And and that's what I know for sure about my own story, because there's been times, dark times where I've encountered him. um, And there's been bright times. You know, it doesn't matter. Right. It's just up to him. Mm Mm-hmm. It's up to him, and I love that the the presence of the Holy Spirit is the is the most critical piece, right? Because so Becky's story is she was fallen away, 
um, and then reverted back to the Catholic faith. I born and raised Catholic. I'm still I'm still joking about I have to come up with a term for it because it's such an anomaly. You know, raised Catholic your whole life. You know going away to college, never missing mass, but being living such a pagan lifestyle, like, you know, Mm -hmm. there's just, it's just, it's absurdity, really. Um, So maybe I was an absurd Catholic. I don't know what I was, but, you know, (laughs) there, there's all these different levels of it. And yeah, once the Holy Spirit breaks through, like nothing's, nothing's the same, right? So you love to hear that the I had a daughter who, uh, when she went, was about first time she went to a Steubenville conference was about 15 as well. And just like almost couldn't talk when she came back. She could not articulate. Mm -hmm. We stayed up for two hours talking and she just was trying. And then I finally said, like, I finally said, you encountered him. She was like, yes. Like that's, you know, she was like, cause, because she just didn't have the language for it before. She's like, what happened to me? What happened? And everything is different. And, it's you were so so thankful for those graces. So, um, so mm-hmm. I wanted to ask how you guys got doing a podcast. Yeah, so interestingly, that was not on our radar at all, and it wasn't something that we were pursuing or had this bright idea. You know, it happened just very naturally and unexpectedly. So I was out for lunch with a guy named Gene Montrostelli, and he is an exceptional human being. He's a very, you know, strong Catholic guy. He's in the, he's in ministry in the church. He's a part of Apex, which does a lot of like youth ministry events. He juggles, he breaks out of straight jackets, <laughs> but he also podcasts. He's also like, a, uh, yeah, working with different dioceses. He's a brilliant guy. So anyway, fortunately we're friends and we were out for lunch one day and my husband was there and another friend of ours. And I was talking to him about different things like, oh, yeah, I'd love to see Jake, my husband, do a podcast. And Gene just looked at me and he said, well, what about you? And I said, uh, what about me? I'm super shy. I don't do things like that. <laughs> and he said, well, I mean, if you were to do something, like, who would you do it with? Because I really love conversational type things. And I said, well, Sister Miriam and Michelle Bensinger, we, we're de- dear friends. We talk almost every day. It's the most natural people that I would do something like that with, but I'm not doing anything like that, Gene, because I'm too shy. Like, again, going back to, I'm not equipped for this. I don't do this stuff, you know? And so he just said, I go, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, what if I did all those things? He goes, and then you'd be left with the real reason why you're not doing it. And I was like, oh my gosh. Like, I love that he said that because he, he knows that I know he cares about me. And when he said it, he just called me on it. He called me on my fear, right? Like he yeah. just exposed like my hesitancy and my fear. And and then he just, you know, was very affirming and said, you all have a voice that needs to be heard in the church and I want to help you. Sure. And that was one of the first times, it was so powerful for me because it was one of the first times that a guy in the church opened a door. That's and, awesome. It, it, it was it was really powerful. It was definitely um, very impactful for me. Um, and so, thanks be to God, you know, Jean kind of got us on our feet, and and the three of us started brainstorming about how to go about things, and and uh, and that just happened. It was just it just happened because he opened the door, and we all sucked it up and got rid of our fear and walked through it. That's <laughs> so, amazing. Oh, I love hearing how that came about. It's it's a 
fantastic podcast. So of course, we're encouraging our listeners to go and listen to Abiding Together. And you guys are doing doing great stuff. And it's so great. We all need a friend like Gene. Mm -hmm. To strip it away, you have that friendship. You know you're safe. And he can just say, now let's get to the heart of it. Right. And it really is the family of God, is it not? That we would look at one another and go, wow, I see that you have gifts here or whatever it might be. And how can I help you get to a place where you're thriving in your gifts? Like to me, that's even when we talk about sisterhood and supporting one another as women, like that is really the disposition that I think we need to have with one another. It's like, how can I champion you? How can I use my gifts to complement your gifts so that I can bring you to to the next level. Right. You know, it's a really beautiful thing. So, yeah, one of the benefits of the podcast, which I'm sure you all find too, is that it's allowing us to journey with people in a different way. And, you know, we speak at a lot of different conferences, especially Sister Miriam. She's very well known. You know, it's impossible for her to journey alongside people individually, but it allows us to connect and bring people into a real authentic conversation. And that that's what we wanted. It was just like, I know that you probably feel isolated and alone out there. Like you can join us on a journey. We're in it as well. You know, we're in the same boat as you. Right. So. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm I'm surprised Becky hasn't chimed in yet. When you talked about the encouraging women, that's that's really one of our taglines is women encouraging women, which is also why we wanted to have you on. I mean, obviously we find you guys inspiring, but as the body of Christ, there the need to to encourage each other in what their mission is and what their calling is. And I think women need to do it even more so because mm-hmm. just kind of our nature, sometimes there's that ability to, to uh, maybe see things as a, a, a limited resource. And so we've got to take this instead of like, no, let's all be together. Let's all lift each other up. Let's all reach out. I mean, that's really what we're supposed to do as the body of Christ. And, Amen. Yeah. yeah. And when, when I hear people talk about, you know, that the women should have more role in the church, I'm like, this is it. This is mm-hmm. the way we do it best. It's our heart. You know, I think about Our Lady and, and her qualities and, you know, her, she was always available. She was receptive, right? I mean, to go theology of the body, the height of femininity is our receptivity. Mm-hmm. And, and that mm-hmm. is the gift that we have, that we can journey heart to heart with another person. And, and the reality is, is that was how the church grew from the beginning were those, you know, face-to-face encounters, those heart-to-heart conversions. And aren't we so blessed as women that we get to do that? We were experiencing that with one another, like Sister Miriam and Michelle and I in our conversations. There was so many times where it was like we would just sit at the feet of one another, you know, and just receive what the gift that the other person was, whether it be like how they were speaking, their heart, their whatever it was. And and we thought, wow, wouldn't it be great if we could just bring more people into this, you know, and, and that's how I, I want to receive from the people around me because there's such a gift. You know, there's a there's a gift that each person has to be shared with the world in a, in a unique way that only they can they can share it. And you don't need a podcast and you don't need a platform to do that. That's in your home, that's in your family, that's, you know, at school, at college, like at your workplace. It, it's it's everywhere. That's really beautiful. I, those real friendships. I talk a lot about being in real life. You know, when you start podcasting and you're hanging out in your closet all the time, sometimes <laughs> you're in real life. Uh, you know, there, there, there are people out there. My children mm-hmm. are out there. My husband is out there. My friends are out there. My friends who are struggling in their marriage. My friends who are um, struggling being single and alone. Mm-hmm. You know, that's where the heart of encounter is. That's where the 
just the, the energy from being in the Lord and giving the Lord to others. That's where life is. I mean, mm-hmm. the pod, you know, doing a podcast is is delightful and fun, and and it really hits on my charisms of of teaching and and evangelizing and sharing. But encouraging is also a big piece of who God created me to be, mm-hmm. and really doing that on that face to in that face to face one on one encounter is mm-hmm. it is really the gift. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, just encouraging our listeners to do that, but. I will say that Megan is probably my, she just knows me. I don't know how she knows me so well, but she can do that. She can strip away that she can open the door and say, all right, we're going to pull this piece away. Now what's holding you back or mm, calling, calling me out when she, you know, sniffs out the the pride or the selfishness or the fear, whatever it is, you know, just having those friendships, I love the way you you gave this word picture of sitting at the feet of of sister and and Michelle and mm-hmm. I would actually love to hear the story of how you three became such good friends if you would wouldn't mind sharing that. Sure. So uh, when I was at Franciscan University, uh, we had a big like prayer evening, and I had you know, shared something that I felt like God was saying to the, to everybody, you know, in the room. And afterwards we were standing outside and Michelle Bensinger, who I did not know, just came right up, got right in my face and was like, that was right on what you said. And blah, blah. Like she was just like fiery, passionate. I'm like, who is this girl? You know? And, uh, that was like the initial meeting was two hearts that were like really passionate about God. Like she just, it was like, she saw a kindred spirit. And, uh, and that was the introduction. And so we ended up just starting this friendship and we started praying together, um, with another friend of ours and that carried us through college, even though we had different friend groups and we were involved in a hundred different things. Um, and I got married while I was there and she met her husband, Chris, while she was there, I bought her plane ticket, you know, to fly down and meet him for the first time. Wow. (laughs) So many stories when you start (laughs) off early with somebody when you're in that stage, but yeah, you know, it's like she's gone and done missionary work and lived in different countries. And our friendship, there was only that short time at Franciscan that we actually lived in the same place. Everything has been distance with us. Um, and we've maintained this very strong, deep connection with each other because we've intentionally decided we will make time to journey with each other. And when we talk, yes, we're going to laugh, but we're also going to cry sometimes because we're going to keep it real. And there's no messing around. Like when you're when you're in a relationship like that, like you just don't waste time, you know? So, um, it's been a beautiful friendship, but we sharpen one another for sure. You know, like she will call me on and vice versa, um, because we love each other and, and we know the hearts of one another, uh, very well. So yeah, I, I find Michelle quite inspiring and her gifts complement mine. And I, and I think I inspire her in some ways, you know, um, because, we really are receptive to one another. And, um, and so sister Miriam, uh, I live in Vancouver, which is uh, just outside of Vancouver. So that's like two and a half hours North of Seattle. And about 10 years ago, she was living in Seattle. She's from Washington state. Um, so she was living in Seattle with her order and she had connected with Dr. Bob Schutz, which is a mutual friend of ours. And he said, Hey, I'm in Florida sister, but you should go, you know, talk to Jake 
Kim because Jake, my husband, was a counselor and also involved in healing ministry um, and had connected with Dr. Bob. And so all of a sudden, I did, had no idea who Sister Miriam was. So Jake says to me one day, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm getting together with this sister. She's in town. She's from out of town. She's staying at this hotel, but I can't meet with her you know, until tomorrow. So she's here for a whole day. And I said, well, just tell her she's welcome to come over. I had no idea who she was. I'm like, just tell her she's welcome to come over. And so she came over, and within five minutes, we were like spilling our guts to each other. You know, I don't, it was just again like this encounter with another with a with a she was like a kindred soul, and um, that bonded us very deeply. And we just it was this initial like okay, like this just went so deep so fast, and we our friendship has just continued very strongly since then. And so since then, we've done a lot of ministry events together, speaking together. Then uh, I was doing women's retreats with Michelle because she was running a life team camp in Georgia. And so I was going down there. I said, Michelle, you got to meet this sister Miriam, who is my friend. Like we got to get her at this next women's retreat and she, she needs to speak. And so that's how that all happened. And, um, that's amazing. Just what God does, just how God weaves stories together. And it's like he ties these cords of love around our friendships that, you know, we couldn't have mustered that up. It just happened. And the bond when it's the Lord that brings hearts together, it it is not easily broken. Mm-hmm. So they are a huge blessing in my life. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful to be journeying with the two of them. And they both say hello, by the way. Oh, I told that's them awesome. That's awesome. I was meeting with them today, and so they're really excited about that. that. Is and they so love great. what you all are doing, you know. Mm-hmm. So we just want to encourage you, too. Like, we're so glad that you have your voice in the church mm-hmm. and that you're sharing that and taking the time to share that. It's beautiful. That mm-hmm. is so awesome. One of our pillars is friendship. When we talk about uh, joy, laughter, freedom, and friendship— and you have to laugh, like you said, we're going to laugh, but we're going to cry. Oh, we're going we're gonna to have oh, that. Yeah. I feel that when I reached a certain age, it was like, life is so short to, to not engage in the things that matter, like really matter, right? And of yeah. course, they're the things that people want to avoid okay. because it makes you vulnerable. And I'm thinking, I don't really want to talk about a purse. I really don't. I mean, I like purses, but like, let's yeah. talk about like the real stuff. Uh, so it's so great to be able to have those fr- those friends that you can go really deep with and really th- that are raising the bar for you mm-hmm. and um, pointing things out and 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 making light of of situations. So I w- wanted to ask you too about your podcast listeners. Do you mm-hmm. do you find that you just have this this broad reach of age demographic as well as literal demographic? It has been no joke, mind blowing. Like the three of us are like, what is going on? Because we just started this thing. It's so grassroots. Like we don't have a you know we didn't have like a big publisher or like whatever. We just only go on social media, like with just our circles and said, Hey, we're doing a podcast. If anybody's interested in listening, you know, and we didn't really grasp after it or like, you know, do tons of promotion, but people are just latching onto this and feel like they're able to sit in a, it's like they're sitting in a living room with us, you know, just having a conversation. And so we have everybody from 
you know, college age to, to grandmas like who are, who are listening and, and men sometimes they're closet listeners. Like they're just like, um, I totally like your podcast. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. (laughs) And from all over the world, you know, like we just got a message the other day. It's like Croatia loves you. And I was like, wow, like this is just amazing, you know, in Ireland and all all these and, and obscure places that I'm just like, how are you accessing this? I have no idea. So we, we are just feeling incredibly grateful, you know, that uh, people are willing to journey with us. And we don't care about growing in popularity or being famous. I could care less about that. I'm a shy person. I would rather not, you know, like we did an interview or I did an interview with Jean a couple of weeks ago that was just me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like I need Sister Michelle with me. This is so hard. <laughs> um But what we do care about is if this is feeding people, we want to be able to reach out to people where they are. And uh, yeah, so yeah, seemingly it's everybody. I did a women's retreat up in BC a couple of months ago and 300 women came and Sister Miriam and Michelle were there as well as Mary Bielski. And people came who I had never met before who were like, oh my gosh, Heather, and they're hugging me. Uh, and I was like, what, what? Like, I was just kind of really shocked. And they, it was like, they felt this deep relationship with us via the podcast. And I was blown away. What a gift. And I keep, I want to keep encouraging you guys because to, you know, when you garner that type of reaction, it's, I'm, I'm convinced that people are, are starving. I mean, starving worldwide and they're longing for that vulnerability of the other person who's authentically walking their vocation out and we have to partner with each other and mm-hmm. we, you know and that's what the full disclosure that we're still walking ourselves <laughs> we we aren't you know by any means categorizing our you know putting ourselves in a position of well we kind of have this figured out so why don't you join us it's more of we need the support to journey along together and you know here are the takeaways that i'm learning and and we can we learn from our listeners too it's been mm-hmm. Becky and I have joked that, because like, we did this podcast, a totally a prompting of the Holy Spirit, really didn't know what was in it for us. And there have been countless times that we're like, we we think we know now why he asked us to do this, because we're growing. (laughs) Because we're, like, it was more of a blessing, you know, if we have three listeners who like us, it's it didn't even matter. We we were growing, and he was working so much in our hearts in the process. Okay, so... I love listening to the podcast. I really enjoy the different topics. Um, right now, I'm digging into the encyclicals on uh, Pope Francis's, uh, can you say it in Latin? Gaudate et exultate. Yeah. But Sister Miriam says it way better. Way yeah. better. She's so cute. Yeah. yeah it, is, it is good. But um, so I'm really enjoying digging into that type of document, which is not my typical read. And so I love that you're challenging your listeners to to do that, but then you're also giving them that freedom to not feel as though um, it has to be an overwhelming, you know, big document experience. So I love that y'all are doing that, but would you share with our listeners any other, just a certain, you know, how how do you 
select your topic. Just, just a few things about yeah. that. Like the, the book study that we did, we've done a couple. We did Life of the Beloved with Henry now. And, and we, you know, Michelle just had this idea. She's like, why don't we do a book study? And I was like, sounds great. And so we did this book study. And then all of a sudden we're getting contacted by Amazon where they're like, can you tell us the next time you do a book study? Because we just got sold out, you know, because people latched onto it. They wanted to do it. They wanted to journey together with their own groups. And I love hearing that the most when people say, I'm getting together with a girlfriend or a group or our church is meeting on Sunday or Saturday morning to to have coffee and do this. It can be so simple, but the connection of other people, if that's one of the fruits, is one of my favorite things. And we do want to hear from the church, right? Like, I mean, the Holy Father is writing letters like to us that we can listen to. And it feels daunting, but that's what we were trying to, I, I'm glad that you got that experience because we wanted people to go, wow, this isn't too daunting. Like I can listen to this and it's actually relevant to my life. God is relevant. The church is relevant, even though that's not what we hear in mainstream media. It's really true. And so some of our topics are around, we have such a desire to help women know how to pray, you know, and how to get into the guts of the journey, the spiritual journey and the spiritual life. So some of that is just going to be topics that are meaningful to us in in that moment in our journey. You know, things have come up. Um, Some of it is going to be like, you know, about pruning. We've done some of that before where we've done a topic on pruning uh, because God has done a lot of that in our life. We're like, let's talk about this. This is a huge piece of the spiritual journey. So we want to help people do that. And other things have been little series, you know, like how to spiritually battle. We did one on fight like a girl, which is like, how do you enter into the spiritual battle? Um, So that's usually how we decide on our topics. We'll either pray together or we'll come to it. You know, to be honest, there's sometimes we're like, what do you want to talk about tomorrow? You know, uh, over a text. We're like, how about this? <laughs> so, <laughs> so sometimes it's that way because life is like that. You know, when you have kids or whatever family stuff going on, somebody's throwing up and you're like, this is the last thing I want to do, but let's get it done. So we got a little of everything in there. <laughs> That's great. I love it. Oh my gosh, this Heather, this has been so much fun sitting with you and and being able to talk to you and share hearts and and laugh. Laughing is good. I really so good. Yeah, it's so good. But this has been great. We thank you for your time. We want to encourage all of our listeners to go over and listen to what these beautiful ladies are sharing with our church. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. It's such a joy to meet you both. And God bless you and your ministry. I'm so proud of you for what you're doing. Thank you for your gift you're bringing to the church. Becky, she was so awesome. I wanted to keep talking to Heather. I know, I know. I just really give her big kudos for being willing to do that interview without her sisters. Um, because it is hard. I've been asked to do in an, inter- an interview without you. Or, you know, it, it's just, it's not the same. It's mm-hmm. just a little bit more pressure. So, um, but she did a fantastic job. And of course, her heart is beautiful and it just shined through the whole conversation. I know. It was, it was so great. And I do encourage everybody to go and hear hear what they're doing too. Especially, I love that you pointed out the, the um, kind of hand-holding through the encyclicals. That's great. I mean, I think that's such a, that's such a great um, series to be able to listen to. 
yeah absolutely i'm a, i'm behind so if anybody wants to join me um i'm still trying to make my way through it but uh but guys we just want to thank you again for joining us this week of course you can find us at thriving in the trenches.com where you can get all the show notes you can also choose to support our podcast on the support us page please subscribe leave us a review on itunes follow us on facebook instagram and twitter where you can join the conversation thanks for coming Oh, oh, oh.